All right, everyone, welcome back to the Morning Track Podcast with Dave and Dave. And uh, so, Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, how about yourself? I'm doing pretty swell after that 10-2 to win yesterday against the Red Sox. Yeah, that was a good one. It's, it's so great to be back. We had so much fun with yesterday's podcast, and uh, it should be pretty fun to recap uh, yesterday's game and also to talk about uh, some other things we have on the list for today. Of course, of course, we do have some stuff to talk about. So um, in terms of recapping yesterday's game, uh, I guess we could talk about Ranger Suarez since he was really the subject of our uh, first podcast a little bit there. So um, Ranger Suarez's line, his pitching line yesterday was three innings pitched, five hits, two earns, two earned runs, and uh, four strikeouts. And so uh, if you want, Dave, you could talk about the offense. Yeah, so first off, Ranger Suarez, he had a really good day yesterday against Boston. Uh, Boston did not have the best players in their lineup because they were playing a split squad yesterday, and and usually when um, a split squad happens and when they go away, even when teams just play one game in spring training and go away, they don't take their superstar or even their all-star or just, you know, average uh, everyday players. They'll take the prospects. And I mean, Kevin Pillar was in there yesterday to face Suarez, but that was, uh, and so was Jackie Bradley, but besides that, it was a lot of prospects for Boston. But yesterday, the Phillies lineup did really good. JT Ramuto uh, had four at-bats yesterday. He had one hit, uh, two RBIs, uh, which was big out of him. Gene Segura uh, had a hit yesterday as well. Um, and, and Bryce Harper had a phenomenal day yesterday. He had one hit. Uh, I mean, and that sounds like does sound like a lot, but he <laughs> really, uh, but he, he stole two bases yesterday. He was out there at an RBI. It was really hustling. I don't know, Dave, if you saw the two stolen bases, but even the crowd at Spectrum Field, which we talked about yesterday, was packed. It was packed. And it was exciting to see. And and Bryce stole two bases. And the crowd loved it. Like it was it was a opening day not not kind of, but it was an opening day feel, like especially above the atmosphere was now, pretty Bryce, intense. Yeah, when Bryce was coming around. So uh what do you think about Harper's performance yesterday? Uh, I don't know. I mean Harper always goes out there and he and he does something special, you know, whether it's stealing a bag. And you know what? I don't hate the fact that he went and stole two bags. I mean, really, um, it, it's just showing that Harper not only has the long ball in his back pocket, but he also has small ball that he could play. You know, he could go and he could swipe a bag for you, get you that extra base to get into scoring position. So, um, I, and I think that's what makes him so valuable. You know, and, and then and then you have Hoskins who usually bats behind him, and if he gets in the scoring position, and Hoskins gets back to hitting at least close to uh, his twenty eighteen form, then we're going to see a lot more runs being scored by the Phillies. Absolutely, Reese yesterday also had a hit. Um, he had a double off the wall. I thought I actually had a chance to get out, but it hit off the bottom of the wall. I believe that was one of the middle innings. I'm not sure exactly what inning that was, but DD we talked about it yesterday still. No hits. He did have a walk. But the most impressive thing yesterday about D.D. to me was he struck out. He swung at a high fastball. The fastball was at his helmet, maybe even above that. He swings and misses. The catcher, I believe at the time, was Kevin Puecki, uh for the Red Sox. He, the ball goes off of his glove. That's how high it was. It goes off of, of his glove. Didn't get too far away from him, but it got away enough. And D.D. hustled his way down to first base, full speed, full send. And sometimes you won't even get that in the season because even the broadcast was talking about it, how, you know, uh, in spring training he struck out. So obviously he's mad. He's upset. Uh, you know, he struck out at a bad pitch, misses it. And and he still hustles down full speed to first base and is able to beat it. I don't know if the first baseman 
who uh, I don't even know who was the first baseman at the time, uh, came off the bag or if he just beat it. But it was great hustle out of Gene Segura, or not Gene Segura, my bad, Didi Gregorius, and, and it was it was a good sight to see out of him. Yeah, I, um, that also brings up another topic about Didi Gregorius that I kind of want to talk about in that um, Didi Gregorius, I guess you could say that he's getting a little bit agitated with his struggles. Yeah. I don't know if you can agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but sprint, since, sprinting down the line, I mean, of course, hustle, that's a thing. You need to have hustle. But um, yeah, in other terms, it just seems like, yeah, it seems like he, he, he wants to get on base. He wants to contribute. Yeah. And if he can, See, he's going to do what he can to try. He he has a big risk this year because he's betting on himself. Oh, yeah. One-year one so deal. He has a one-year contract. He's betting on himself. If he has a horrible year in Philadelphia – who knows what happens to him? I mean, I'm not saying that he won't be a starter ever again, but if he has a really bad year and this team can can fall because of it, he he will not get paid nowhere near what he got paid this year. So he's betting on himself, and he has a lot to prove. But right now it kind of seems like he's, he's having the Reese Hoskins second-half approach where it's, I want to get on base, so I'm looking for a walk. If a lot of his plate appearances, it's it's – Either he walks, or it's a strikeout. And that's what Reese was last year. It was a walk, it was a strikeout, it was yep. a pop-up. DD is right now, but it's good because you talked about this yesterday in the podcast, which you guys should check out, how it's, it, it's not too concerning because it's still early. But you want to get out this these kinks now. You know what I mean? And and another guy who, not to move on, I mean, you can still talk about Gregorius, but Scott Kingery, who batted behind him yesterday, three strikeouts and three at-bats. He's another guy who's he's hitting 136 on the spring of Scott. Yeah, they're not looking Horrible. too hot. Really, it, it, it's bad. It's very bad. And and even Scott yesterday, he just looked frustrated with himself. He looked like, I don't know what I'm doing. And, and it wasn't he wasn't even facing the starter at the time for, for the Red Sox. It wasn't nobody notable. We talked about it yesterday. I believe it was somebody by the name of Hewick or something. That doesn't matter. But really, I mean, and same thing with Roman Quinn. It was on deck after after Kingery. Roman Quinn batted seventh. He had a hit, but he's sitting two twenty two on the spring. And Nick Martini, who's a guy who may not even make the roster, will probably start with the Triple A Iron Pigs. He's sitting three fifty seven this spring. Yeah, that, I, I mean, it, it does seem like he has limited at bats, but um. He'll probably get more as spring progresses and more people are caught, unless he is um, one of the next candidates to get cut, of course. But I, I don't think that's going to be the case if he keeps up this performance. Yeah, so. and then Ranger Suarez didn't get in that bad. Austin Listy got in the game yesterday. Phil Gosselin and Neil Walker impressed yesterday. Neil yeah, Walker each had with a, a hit. Uh, yeah, Neil Walker had a, had a hit to right, I believe. Right, um, and and Phil Gosselin also had a hit too, so they're both. Impressive. And don't leave out our guy. Don't leave out our guy, Alec Bohm. He had a hit yesterday. Yeah, he he did, and and you know I was talking about this, um, you know, a few, a few days, uh, not a few days ago, but it may be in conversation. But the average in the OPS is, you know, and again it's spring training, so it doesn't matter. But I'm just saying in terms of relatively speaking here, you know, Harper. As a 3.85 average, 1.7 uh, OPS. Reese is a 1.0 OPS. Um, even you know a Mickey Moniak 1. Uh, 1,000 OPS, um, uh, 1,200 OPS for Nick Martini, and and Bohm has a 9.28. Even though he, I think he may even lead the spring training in terms of bats. 
for his average. But the one thing about Bowman is he doesn't walk a lot. He's, you know, he doesn't. It's, it's, you know, a fact. But I don't know how you feel about that. But he still walks a little bit, which is still good. But the only reason I wanted to bring that up was because, um, you know, when you're talking about production and you're talking about, um, you know, runners in, in scoring position, the Phillies, they struggled last year with runners in scoring position. For the offense that they had, they really need to pick that up. And Alec Bohm did a very good job with, with you know, bringing in runners, and, and he's done that all spring. So that's why I'm really impressed uh, with, with Alec Bohm. Is, you know, even though he's not walking a lot, he's he's doing the little things right. You know what I mean? Right, and, and, e- and even if his little things translate to big things, I think um, right. that would be good for the team. I mean, and let's be honest here, um, Bohm's going to be one of those uh, – offensively advanced guys on the team that can really get it done with the bat. So we know that uh, he's he's going to be primarily used to drive and runs. Okay, I mean, yeah. scouting reports and what we're seeing is that he does have power. Uh, he is able to hit the ball, so he, he has good contact. And uh, so he's just a good player to be able to uh, fit in that lineup and score runs. So I wouldn't be too worried about the walks with Alec Bohm. But, uh, yeah, overall, Alec Bohm's just having a great spring. And it, who knows? I mean, maybe he does start with the big club, but uh, a lot of people are saying that he's probably going to start in AAA, and I'd probably agree with yeah, that. Sure. Unless Scott is, like, doing yeah. terrible. Yeah. I mean. I yeah, mean completely. But, <laughs> I mean, also to talk about, not to move on too much from the lineup, but to talk about the, the, the bullpen, I guess, and the pitching side of things. Jeff Singer, who it was in Double A last year, he's had an amazing spring. He really has. I mean, you haven't been able to watch him too much because he's mainly pitched at the away games and they're not on TV. But I mean, really, one inning pitch yesterday for Singer, three strikeouts. He still has a zero point zero zero ERA this spring. He's looked really good. Anthony Swarzak finally had a good outing yesterday. One inning pitch, two strikeouts. Hector Neris got in the game. Uh, he had a, he still hasn't given up a run yet. He did give up a walk and a hit, but he was able to get out of it. Liriano, I think he's a key to make the bullpen, really. He, he, or he's a lock to make the bullpen, is what I should say. He's looked really good this spring, and, and Drew Storen even had a pretty good day yesterday. The whole entire bullpen had a really good day yesterday, and, and that's why the Red Sox only scored two runs, and they were both courtesy of Ranger Suarez. And even then, Suarez did give up those five hits, as we talked about earlier, but he also struck out four batters. So, I mean, uh, yesterday was an overall, it was a good win uh, against Boston, and, and the Phillies improved to 10 4 and 1. Uh, looking for their, or sorry, 11-4. Yeah, I see, yeah, 11-4. Yeah, uh, going for their 12th win today. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was I was happy, and they moved them to sole possession of first place with the Miami ties. So, um, again, it doesn't mean a whole lot, but you, you, you like to get that extra boost of confidence that the prospects in the major leaguers are also doing well um, in spring training. Yeah, uh, I mean, who, who can say that they're not impressed with the Phillies at this stage of the game? I believe we talked about this last podcast with the um, – with the Phillies exceeding expectations, you know, and I brought up that everyone probably thought that they were going to be a 500 ball club in spring training, but uh, they are. They're exceeding all expectations in all facets of the game, uh, whether it's with pitching or the lineup. And like like we brought up, it's it's mainly the younger guys in the farm system that are doing it, but we're seeing some other guys start to really um, wake up too and uh, contribute to the lineup. Uh, I mean, we're seeing Hoskins. He's having a good spring, so um, hopefully we can see that translate over to the regular season. Uh, Harper's having an explosive spring training with the um, power display, and Gene Segura looks like he's pretty much back on track. He's he's getting hits, scoring runs, and, you know, Real Muto's just being Real Muto behind the dish. So, um, I mean, it, it seems like things are going right, 
And I'm excited for this year, honestly, Dave. I don't know about you, but it's going to be a really interesting year for the Phillies. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pumped up for this. Um, and, and, yeah. you know, it should be interesting to see um, how everything goes on. But the Phillies, before we, before we completely move on um, from yesterday's game, we start to get into today's game um, and as well as some other topics we have. The Phillies made their first roster move cuts uh, before yesterday's game. It was kind of funny. Because That's right. Yesterday, yeah, yesterday when we made the podcast, we were talking about how like, the Phillies are the only team who haven't made cuts yet. And I think literally as soon as Dave – um, press the end record button. This tweet was coming out, and tw- tweets were coming out. There are no big moves, but the Phillies did move uh, left-handed pitcher JoJo Romero to AAA. They optioned them, and they also optioned Adonis Medina, who was once a top yeah. pitching prospect for the Kyle Phillies, Dewey. to Redding to Redding AA. And Kyle Dewey uh, goes back to minor league camp, as well as Damon Jones, who impressed, and Zach Warren. And then the only other one was Christopher Sanchez, a left-handed pitcher, was optioned back to Redding. So not any huge. Whoa, Dave! We just had a big audio just. Boom. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what, what, ha- what happened? The audio <laughs> just went... <laughs> All right. um, but yeah, so Medina um, gets sent down. I don't think that's a big problem because I think that Medina was not going to make the major league team anyway. I don't think we really had a chance. So all those were minor moves for the Phillies, but they were still um, uh, first kind of cutouts for the Phillies. Yeah, um, I don't think it makes uh, too much of a difference either way, whether they um, cut them or not. But um, obviously, uh, we want to see players that are going to perform. And, um, you know, these players suited to um, go back to AA, AAA. And uh, I don't know. I mean, they contributed. They did what they could in spring. They showed us what they got. And roster cuts happened. And we were probably one of the last teams to even do it. But, yeah, I'm just excited to see what the next roster cut holds you know what i mean because yeah, yeah because uh, sorry go ahead, Dave. no because i was going to say that the team is doing spectacular overall you know we have a bunch of guys that are performing and we're going to see a lot of those guys just either a try and out play each other or b just try and improve on an already good spring yeah, that's, so that's, that's true i mean there's so many minor leaguers that are competing you know I yeah know that's a and, and I don't so. know whether they look at it as competition or whether they look at it as just trying to get better. But it's probably yeah. a combination of both, let's be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, like I said, it's going to be a really exciting uh, rest of spring training leading up to the regular season on March 26th. And I really, I can't wait. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, the game against the Blue Jays, Dave, starts at 1.07 ah. p.m. Eastern. And uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the Blue Jays. They're six and six on the spring with a minus seven run differential. Um, how do you look at the Blue Jays? Do you do you think they're a threat to the Phillies? Well, well, well the Blue Jays were able to beat the the Phillies twice so far. Um, in, yeah. In spring, so that's kind of something. But the Phillies, you know, uh, hopefully they could bounce back. The Phillies did beat the Blue Jays the last time they played. What was that? Thursday or Friday, Dave? Do you have that uh, written down somewhere? Or, or you uh, I do not have that written down. I'm gonna guess yeah, it was but, uh, Thursday. Yeah, I think I think it was Thursday. I believe it was Thursday. If I'm if I'm thinking right, but Matt Shoemaker yeah. starts today for the Blue Jays. 1-0 with a 0.00 ERA. So we'll see how he does. But the, the Blue Jays, they do have their regulars in the lineup today. Bo Bichette, some of their regulars at least. Guriel Jr., Travis Shaw, Randall Gritchick, Rowdy Telez is in there, Brandon Drury. So we'll see that. But the Phillies, they do match with Vince Velasquez, who we talked about yesterday. Very impressive spring out of Vince. What do you think uh, how he'll do today facing some of the Blue Jays? Uh, well, I, I think Vinny V, 
uh, is going to do a spectacular job. I think he's going to go out there. They're probably going to limit him to three or four innings, but um, I, I think he's going to give up two earned runs, and uh, I think he's going to strike out three. And th- that's that's yeah. what I predict. Uh, I don't I don't really know about walks. Um, walks are always a concern with pitchers in our organization, but um, I think Vince is going to have a pretty good start today. And I mean, of course, when you look at it in the regular season, you think, oh, well, you know, going three innings and allowing two earned runs is terrible. But I mean, it's spring and he's working on stuff. And I, I think we're seeing some improvement out of Vince Velasquez uh, since he's putting in the work to uh, better himself as a pitcher. And um, I actually read a piece in the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer about uh, Vince Velasquez not as worried about being that high-velocity strikeout guy and leaning more towards trying to um, focus on longevity and trying to get through games, trying to throw complete games rather than uh, only throwing three or four innings and having like 80 pitches. So um, it's good to see Vince Velasquez kind of mature a little bit. And um, I think it's only going to help him, you know, because uh, really you have a lot of throwers in Major League Baseball, and I think that once we kind of show them, oh, well, you need to learn to pitch instead of throw, you know, and then once we have those guys that know how to pitch and can throw, you know, heat when they need to, then that that's just something in their back pocket, and that's what makes Vince Velasquez so good, is that he has that good strikeout potential and we saw that through his numbers last year I mean he had more strikeouts than he had innings pitched so um, more than one strikeout per inning pitched and yeah it, it, I don't know it just Vince Velasquez seems like a different guy this spring to me and um, what are your thoughts on Vince Velasquez Dave we did talk about him yesterday and I keep off I feel like we keep on saying yesterday because we did we we posted a podcast yesterday where we focused on the the fifth starter spot with Nikki P, as Dave said, Vinny V, and uh, and Ranger Suarez. But um, Vince hopefully has a good day today, and, and, you know, that should be exciting to see him pitch. And, again, against there will be some Blue Jays regulars who have some talent, so should be uh, interesting to see how he's able to work that fastball. But um, the Phillies lineup today, Adam Hazley will lead it off, uh, The fo- uh, followed by Logan Forsythe. Uh, he's had a very good spring so far. Dave, and you even were talking about this uh, off uh, podcast, how you think Logan Forsythe has a chance to break with the major league squad? Oh yeah, I think he has a legitimate chance. I mean, he's getting hits, and not only is he getting hits, but he's hitting for some serious power, and I think that's going to really help. Whether whether they can, and I think they're going to have him in a platoon spot, but um, he's he's definitely a guy that the Phillies seem like they can fall back on if they have injuries, which. May or may not plague them once again, but we'll have to see whether they stay healthy. But yeah, I, I really like Logan Forsythe for this club, and I think it was one of those sneaky signings that um, that might actually pay off and pay some dividends for the Phillies. Well, Jay Bruce will bat third today. He's had a very good spring so far. Um, Neil Walker will bat cleanup. We talked about him in yesterday's game, though he had a hit. How do you think Neil Walker goes into the season uh, 2020? I mean, he can play multiple different positions. How does he help this club uh, throughout the regular season? Um, well, I think Neil Walker is going to be a contributor. Um, I think he's going to play an important part of our bench. And Neil Walker, of course, he's getting older, and he's kind of physically limited when it comes to trying to play different positions because 
um, of his age and mobility. But and I'm not saying he's an old man, but um, when he played for the Marlins, uh, he didn't really play too much second base, from what I know. And Neil Walker used to be primarily a second baseman, but um, he plays a lot of first base now. And if they have him play first base to give Reese a day off, or they just have him play off the bench, maybe once in a while have him play second. Or something that, you know, I mean, he's one of those guys that can kind of bounce around the infield here and there, the infield. But, um, yeah, uh, Neil Walker, he's going to be an important part overall to uh, to our team. And the, the thing about Neil Walker that makes him so special is that uh, since we're probably going to have him off the bench most games, uh, it's important that he be able to hit. And Neil Walker is one of those guys that can hit and he could just get it done. So, uh, yeah. Like, I, like I've said a billion times, Neil Walker is going to be a contributor on this he's club. He's a switch hitter. Yeah, he's a switch hitter too, you know, and that's just another great point. You know, and he can hit from both sides. Josh Harrison will bat fifth, he'll play third base. Nick Williams will bat sixth. Kyle Garlick, who's had a very impressive spring, will bat seventh in right field. And batting eighth and doing the catching will be Devi Grillione, who has one home run and five RBIs this spring. And Ronald Torrey is the former Yankee shortstop, will bat ninth and play shortstop. So it should be interesting to see how the, the lineup does today against the Blue Jays. And hopefully, as we were talking about yesterday, the Phillies get a win. It's a short trip to Dunedin, uh, five, ten minutes away down there in Florida. So uh, we'll, we'll see how uh, that goes. Well, 107 is the first pitch. You cannot watch on TV, but you can listen uh, if you do have the MLB TV subscription uh, to, to listen on the radio. And, of course, you can always follow along on, on MLB.com. Uh, and me and you will be following along, I'm, I'm sure, throughout the, the day getting updates. But, uh, yeah, so we'll probably uh, recap that game or recap a few games um, uh, coming up this week. Uh, but let's get to some of the other topics we have. Um and Dave, uh, do you want to introduce the next topic? But I want to talk about uh, who the next X factor on the Phillies could be for the 2020 season. Uh, do you think it's Didi Gregorius, uh, Scott Kingery, Jake Arrieta, Reese Hoskins? I mean, all of these players are really looking for bounce back years. I mean, Scott had a pretty good first half. Actually, it, it seemed like he he was going to be an all star. You know, and yeah. he was really breaking out, and we thought this was going to be the Scott Kingery that we were going to see, and he was just really hot um, all the way throughout June, I believe, um, and part of July. But anyway, um, yeah, Scott had a good first half, and then he really cooled off, and uh, really he attributes that to um, his fatigue and having to play so many different positions. So I'm hoping that him being able to be um, stationed at either one or two and, positions and this season is really going to help him out with that. Um, but to me, I think Scott Kingery's got a lot of talent and I think he's going to be one of those guys that, um, really shows up this year and, uh, has to play, you know, and we already know he's good defensively, but, um, since we're really getting him stationed at one or two positions, like they're trying to focus on now, um, we might be able to see Scott with a more lively bat. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Yeah. I mean, like I said, Scott, Scott tells you this too is he'll he'll have to put on a lot of weight in the offseason because he will he will really lose a lot of it so I think that also comes down to Scott's thing too is you know in the beginning of the year when he's still bulked up um you know he'll he'll have a better first half than he will a second half because second half he loses that weight and that that power is is you know kind of drained a little bit but hopefully that changes this year 
Um, but but in my opinion, really, I think that Reese is the is the X factor for this season. Um, and, and you just look at what he can do. And I'm not saying that D.D. Scott and, and Jake Arrieta and anybody else can't do this. But Reese is the X factor because he's that he's that connector. He's the connector between Andrew McCutcheon, Z- Gene Segura, and and Bryce Harper, and the connector between D.D. and Scott. He's the guy in that cleanup spot who needs to do well. You look at Reese. When Reese had when Reese was playing well there for the first two months, the team was playing really well for the first two months. When Reese and the injuries began to began to hurt the Phillies, the Phillies were done. And you look at the season that twenty eighteen Reese had, that that's how big this this season can be for Reese and, and how good it can be for Reese. So I mean, I think that he's the X factor because of what he brings to the table. He, he has a lot of talent. In my opinion, a lot of it's untapped because he gets some criticism from the fans, especially, you know, the fans are like, oh, you know, put Alec Bohm at first and trade Reese and get a third base. No, that makes absolutely no sense. Reese will hurt you if you let him go. He has the potential to hit 35, 40 home runs. Oh, yeah. His defense can get better. You know, he's a first baseman. So, you know, he, he will hurt you. So all the people out there, oh, trade Reese. It makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. I would agree. And I think um, Reese's offensive ceiling is, um, you know, it's unta- it's untapped right now, you know, of course. But um, I, I think Reese is one of those guys that's capable of going out there and hitting 260 and, you know, having an on-base that's 110 points higher than his average and has a slugging percentage that is higher than, you know, 525. And Reese is just one of those guys that, you know, is supposed to get it done at the dish. And I think uh, he's going to come out this year and he's going to have a bigger year. So, he, yeah, I, I would I, w- I would peg him as one of the X factors on the Phillies, if not the biggest X factor on the Philadelphia Phillies. Plus, Hoskins plays a lot of games um, through, throughout the year, you know, throughout the season. So, uh, Reese is going to be that guy that's consistently in the lineup, consistently trying to contribute um, most days. So you could say that Hoskins is really going to play an important role, just as Didi and Scott are, of course, and Arietta every fifth day. But um, Hoskins is one of those power guys in the middle of the lineup that really, um, he, he's kind of like the link for everyone. You know, he's the link to the top and the bottom of the lineup. So um, I believe, yeah, this year is going to be a big year for Reese Hoskins. What I love the most about, before we get on to our next topic, what I love the most about the players the Phillies have is they have a lot of blue-collar guys. You know what I mean? There's a lot of guys who want to work hard, know the city, understand the city, like, you know, uh, Scott and and Jake Arrieta and Reese and Bryce uh, and JT. They understand the passion for playoff baseball that has not been in this city for nine years. So the fact that, you know, these guys have the potential to do this is really what brings brings the, the, the up the uptake. And what I also think will help Reese thrive this year is not only are the Phillies an underdog, but he's an underdog. He's now looked at as as a as a average first baseman and Reese knows himself. And I think that we know that if Reese is able to go back to twenty eighteen form and even improve on that because Reese was injured there for that short period of time in twenty eighteen. If he can even improve on that, Reese is an above-average first baseman who can really put himself once again on the map as, you have to face me. You want to walk Bryce, you have to face me. You know what I mean? And we saw that on opening day when he hit the Grand Slam. So that's why I think Reese is the X factor because, A, he'll help Bryce, B, he'll help the team, and C, he'll, he'll help himself. 
Uh, yeah. So and I, 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 honestly, I think it helps th- since we have a lineup that's so diversified with uh, lefties and righties. You know, and with the new um, three batter minimum, I believe it is. Um, this is really going to help the Phillies because of that diversified lineup that they have. And, you know, not only do they have a diversified lineup that way, but um, they have guys that can hit for contact, that can uh, that can run a little bit. They have guys that can hit for power. And so, um, really, I, I'd call the Phillies lineup a pretty complete lineup. Yeah, so we're going to be going up against some NL East rivals where it, it's going to be tougher to kind of show that our lineup is going to be that complete lineup but uh, I think the Phillies can get it done and and I'm really I'm really confident in our offense this year I think Joe Dillon's really going to help Reese Hoskins turn it around um he's going to contribute to Bryce Harper's success since he worked with him back in Washington um and he's going to try and help Didi as much as he can to try and help him get out of this so uh, I'm looking for the Phillies lineup to be really good this year well speaking of you know coaches helping players, uh, you know, Joe Dillon helping Bryson Reese. Brian Price, um, it, it, you know, is, an, is another person who, you know, is going to help the pitching staff and hopefully be better in 2020. But the major question is, is should we expect a better pitching staff in 2020? Dave, what, what's your opinion on, on Brian Price and the pitching staff going into 2020 with, with relatively the same pitchers? Um, I mean, Brian Price, we know he has a long history of, being able to turn pitchers into successful or rather throw turn throwers into pitchers. Um, Brian Price just knows how to pitch and he knows how to use guys to um, get the most out of them. Um, he knows that he needs to work with a pitcher's strengths and I think that was one thing that um, Chris Young really didn't focus on last year was that uh, every pitcher is different, you know, and you, get, you have guys like Zach Eflin that go out there and um, throw sinkers, you know, throw, he's a sinker ball pitcher. He's tall. He, and that's, that's what he does. And, um, then you have other guys like Vinny V who, uh, work with a fastball, but even he's trying to improve on that this year and, uh, trying to add some more off speed and some more, uh, sequence, I guess, uh, location, whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, it just seems like the pitching staff is really motivated, a lot more motivated than I, than they have been in years past to, um, kind of try and improve and get things done and, you know, contend and really compete. So uh, the influence of Brian Price, in my opinion, is um, something that's going to pay big dividends for the 2020 season. And even though um, I don't expect the world from our pitching staff, I think we're going to see some better numbers, you know. And one example of that, I guess, could be like a Nick Pavetta who um, usually pitches to like a 5 ERA um, like last year in 2019 with the, the 5.3 ADRA. Um, I, I think Pavetta's going to have a better year. I think he's going to pitch to around a 4.2 ERA. I think Vince Velasquez, if he can finish with a 4 ERA, then I'd be happy. I mean, these guys are um, back-of-the-rotation guys. So, like I said, I, I don't expect that much from them, but I expect them to succeed more than they have in years past. And I think the major thing here is uh, being able to see pro- um, progress, because the the thing that I think uh, the Phillies have struggled with with their young guys is being able to see progress being made with their pitching. And if we could finally be able to see that, I think uh, we're in for some you know good fortune. And um, yeah, I, 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 oh, I, you can go ahead. 
Well, yeah, as you were saying, uh, Nick is is going to be a, a big part of, of Brian Price and, and his tenure here. It's going to be trying to, to fix him and, and make sure. And you were talking about Nick. That's why I was I was like, ah, chime in. Uh, but, yeah, Nick is going to be a, a big piece to this to the season. And, and he I think he's another possible X factor because if he's able to, to pitch well and, and be well, I think that he, he, he really have a good season. And, you know, Joe Girardi, too, with, with you know, how he handles the bullpen, he handled in New York. And the reason why he left New York, or, well, the reason why he was fired, let go technically, but let go from New York, same thing, um, was because he didn't know how to handle the younger guys. And and I don't I don't think that that was true. I think the Yankees, they, it, I, I think they felt that they wanted to get younger people in there. And, and, you know, that makes sense. That's why they went with Aaron Boone. But, you know, Joe Girardi brings a lot to the table. He knows how to he knows how to get the clubhouse together. And there's a lot of guys in there that I think what, what they were missing last year, they were missing that authority. They were missing that, you know, we can be friends, but there's time when business comes to business. You know what I mean? And Gabe Kapler was was the guy who, you know, oh, yeah, you know, everybody can be friends, you know, we're going to whatever. And, you know, that works to a certain extent, but sometimes the message runs dry. Sometimes the the message of, oh, yeah, you know, oh, uh, you know, I'm here for you. And, and sometimes the message of a player's coach runs dry. It does because the players begin oh, yeah. to not respect you. And I'm not saying that the Phillies didn't respect Gabe Kapler, but – I think that it was more or less everybody was like, oh, well, we lost. All right, well, what is Gabe going to say? The same thing he usually says. But Joe Girardi brings that authority to the table, knows how to, knows how to handle the bullpen. So because of that, I think that we can expect a bigger pitching or better pitching staff. But I would agree. Yeah. I think I think the Phillies have to go out and make moves at the deadline. Uh, you know, it, regardless no if they're regardless if they're near the division lead or regardless if they're hanging on to a wild card spot, they need to make moves at the deadline because you know we as we've seen the past couple of years and they also can't go out i think we talked about this yesterday too and get jason Vargas or drew smiley that's not the moves that makes you a playoff contender that's the moves that that gives you a chance if you're like six games out of the wild card that's what gives you a chance to make the wild card that doesn't give you a chance to really advance in the playoffs the phillies need to go out and sign themselves an all-star maybe slightly less than that pitcher at the deadline you know what I mean? Yeah, we, we need to, to sign an impact player. Exactly, an impact. They can't try to find a diamond in the rough, which was what they did last year with Jason Vargas and, and Drew Smiley. All due to respect to them, Drew Smiley looks to really like Gabe Kapler because he went to San Francisco. But, you know, I, I, I like I like the, the way and the, the things that are happening with Joe Girardi and, and Brian Price, and I think that it should be interesting to see how it happens. And the bullpen also looked good this spring. You know, the bullpen looks very good, as we were talking about a few minutes ago. And uh, it should be interesting to see how the bullpen continues through this spring. But the younger guys like Jeff Singer and, and other guys are impressing. And so is Hector Neris and Anthony Dominguez, who is starting to get back to pitching. I believe Jose Alvarez is having an okay spring this far, too. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But um, from what I've seen, he's doing okay. And then you have Dominguez, who is doing fantastic, um, recovering from his uh, ailment with his elbow or, you know, whatever it was in his arm. But um, I know that he was always forgetting Tommy John surgery and they tried to avoid that. So um, he's he's looking pretty good. He looks like he could um, go without surgery. So that's good. Um, but anyway, I wanted to get back to Joe Girardi and the fact that um, I, I believe that back in 2017 a- after the season, uh, I, I kind of feel like the reason that he got fired wasn't totally because of 
uh, the fact that there were young players on the team that he couldn't handle, but rather I feel like it was part of the Astros, you know, their scandal that was going on and the cheating. And they they lost in the playoffs, and I guess they got t- the Yankees got tired of the fact that they kept losing, and maybe they were trying to find blame. They were trying to find a reason for them losing, and all this time now we know that it was the cheating Astros, and rather it wasn't because of Joe Girardi. And, you know, I think Joe Girardi got a bad rap for that, but it turned out for us because we ended up getting them here in Philadelphia, and it's going to give us some wins for sure. So, um, I mean, thank you, Astros for helping us get Joe Girardi. I think that's the only good thing that can come of this. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, talk about that a little bit. And I wanted to bring up that that could possibly be the reason that he is where he is right now. Well, I, I, as a Phillies fan, you know, New York sports come at it. But, you know, the best thing about it is is with the Yankees is, you know, they they still (laughs) – they just they have um they're they're one they're unlucky and two they're injury prone. And you talk about injury prone with the Phillies. The Yankees can't stay healthy. And oh yeah, you know, they're so they're like, doing terrible this yeah, um this spring training games. with injuries. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean not that you know this is not a base this is not a full baseball or Yankees podcast of course, but I just wanted to pretend that you were talking about the Astros and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean it should be interesting to see how. How stuff happens, um, but yeah. So I think it was it was good. Thank you, Astros. But yeah, so that, that's what we should title this, video, <laughs> this podcast. Thank you, Astros. That would be funny. But yeah, it was another great podcast. I believe uh, that is where you know we we kind of run out of um, information to talk about. I think this was what was this, Dave? A 40, 50 minute podcast once again. I don't even know. Let me check. It's a forty minute oh. podcast once again. <laughs> So, and we'll edit out stuff, of course, because uh, there was we had some issues. But this today we tried it with Discord, um, and and it seems like that it does cut in and out a little bit. So maybe we'll change it. But I think that the audio quality for myself, because me and Dave were not you know in the same building, so uh, we had to find a way to do it. Yesterday we used a phone call, but today we're doing it over Discord. So let me let us know how you like it. Um, and Dave, um, it, it was another great podcast and make sure if you're just discovering the channel, we're going to try to post a lot. Um, and especially as spring and summer comes along this week though, we should have a podcast or two, maybe even more than that after you guys. And especially on the weekend, we'll have some podcasts out, but yeah, so it should be, uh, interesting. And today was a great podcast. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I'm going to say one more thing about the podcast for doing during the week. Um, if we're going to try and get those out, then. Um, they might be a little bit shorter because it is the week, you know, and during the week, uh, usually everyone's busy. So, um, they're probably going to be anywhere between 15 and 20 minute podcast, um, maybe shorter, maybe a little bit longer, but, um, that's, that's basically where we're going to cut it and we're going to try and recap. Uh, I think we're going to try and recap and, uh, look towards the, um, the next game for the Philadelphia Phillies. So, um, yeah, it's been a great podcast. Dave, do you have any last words? Yeah, like Dave was saying, though, just with um, the podcast, I mean, it may not feature many as in-depth topic as we were talking about today and yesterday, but we'll still cover the games uh, as best as we can, and especially if they're on TV, we'll try to watch them and, and get you guys the, the best thing that we can in terms of content out for you guys. But it's been a really uh, exciting time, and two podcasts in two days, and we're having a great time with it. And um, That's right. 
Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. And go Phillies again, get the victory against the Blue Jays. Uh, before before I end it, I, I thought I'll just throw this in because it's kind of you know sure. funny. But there's, there's a kid that that goes to the school that I go to, and anyway, he um he, he's from Canada. He's a big Blue Jays fan, so he's ahead two to one this spring training, and and so hopefully we can even that out today. Um, so the Phillies can push forward. And I believe the Phillies and the Blue Jays play each other early April, so it should be interesting to see how that goes. But just thought I'll add that in. But uh, you guys have a, a phenomenal day, phenomenal weekend, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and that's pretty much all I got. Go Phils. Uh Yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. If you like what you hear, then make sure that you follow our podcast um, for the latest. And, um, yeah, catch us on the next episode of Morning Track Talk with David Dave.